0: Episode of the Devil's Cardigan Podcast brought to you by our Gold Level Sponsors: Little Rose Shimano Australia, the Dorset Hotel Derby, Roll Cycles, POC Helmets, Cyborg Signs, and the Blue Derby Pods Ride. In this episode, I caught up with last year's champion Tasman Nancurvis the day after his big ride at Unbound Gravel in Kansas. If you followed any of the action on socials, you would have seen it was one crazy old day out there on the bike. And before we get into the conversation, a quick reminder, if you haven't got a ticket for our Friday night fundraising function at Lot 40 in Derby with special guests Richie Port and Beard McBeady, get online, get yourself a ticket, sponsor a good course, they're going to sell out. Let's hear from Tasman. Hey Tasman, thanks for joining us today, mate. Appreciate your time. Um, first things first, where are you?
1: Uh, I'm at oh, I'm on a lake, what's it called again? Uh, Wilson's Lake
0: in kansas uh usa sounds kansas. terrible and yep. another pressing question what year model and make is this epic looking toyota of yours
1: uh toyota tow toma uh i don't even know what year it is to be honest uh i mean 2010 ish it's a, not a big ute here but it's well it's a big Ute for us australian tacoma. but it's it's a kind of small pickup truck here a tacoma Tacoma, yeah, that's the one. Oh, mate. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Got fenders, big four-wheel drive tires on it. It's plenty of, plenty of car for me.
0: Uh, it looks like the perfect setup for uh, five months of driving around this America racing gravel races, so it looks uh, epic, yeah. mate. Um, and you did a little bike race on the weekend, Unbound Gravel. How'd mm-hmm. it go?
1: Uh, yeah, got the full experience of Unbound. I guess not didn't, didn't go to plan whatsoever, but I finished it. I think, you know, it's one of those days where if you didn't have mechanical, you're probably going to run top 20. Um, but I just, yeah, just kept having setback after setback a little bit. Well, I shouldn't say a little bit, but uh, yeah, I kind of had a great start. Like, you know, 10K in, we hit this big muddy section and, it was either you take the you know the gravel road which looked okay, but it just had like peanut butter surface on top, or you take the grass on the side. And I was I was sitting kind of mid pack, and mid packs, you know, probably 200 deep out of 400. And uh, I just watched basically everyone in front of me just grind to a halt. So I was one of the first to kind of jump onto the grass, um, and yeah, I went from yeah probably like 200th to basically popping out basically in like, you know, second place out of the main mud section. Um, had, yeah, and I looked behind and I had, you had know, gaps of a couple of hundred metres to the to the next bunches behind me. Um, and yeah, so obviously a good start to and the day. And this was only mile
0: then, 11, wasn't it? Though?
1: Yeah, this is super early. Literally, oh, basically from half an hour into the race to probably the hour and a half mark was just this battle to get through all the muddy sections. Uh, and then after that, it kind of calmed down. Where we hit, hit a more solid surface and people started bunching back up again but otherwise it was in ones and twos almost uh, yeah, almost from the gun kind of thing um, yeah and it wasn't until uh, yeah it wasn't until like hour and a half mark when people started bunching up again um, and basically when we started bunching up again I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd made that front selection with yeah, probably 20 or so riders and i just got a rear flat tyre, cut the sidewall Just one is the most boring piece of fire road you could imagine and uh, yeah, that's that's when the troubles really started, though.
0: That was the first of seven flats, was it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, fixed that flat tire. We'll put a plug in it, and it was all good. It rode for probably another, you know, five k or so, and then a uh, plug flew out. Oh, I think it was just because the uh, yeah, there's so much mud already surrounding the frame. So, and the, the plug was on the very sidewall. So, it was just hitting the, hitting the frame or getting caught in the mud. The plug fell out and then I was like, right, I have to put a tube in it and I put a tube in it and then, yeah, got another, uh, yeah, probably another 10K, 15K down the road, Pop that tube and then I was out of CO2s and then I had two tubes on me, put a second tube in and I was just waiting there because I just wave someone with a hand pump basically and just watching basically the race go by but then Matt Bird come come about a fellow Australian, a guy I've with heaps and travelled with and uh, yeah, he, he'd had a number of flats. I used his hand pump and then we got cracking together and just basically just, just started picking off people one by one working together and that was it was just so good to have Matt there just to kind of boost the morale and Get back into it, but then he started getting cuts in his tires, and I'd you know just wait for him, help him pull his bike while he pumped up his tires oh, and put no. another plug in. He probably put in three, four plugs, in within the next thirty k, it kind of was probably the worst section as well. It was the probably the first hundred k, um, I
0: mean, in terms of in terms of puncture. So, the conditions did improve after that first 100Ks where the... the yeah, I am yeah, watching... um not, not quite as rocky. Yeah, okay. So, it was just a combination of hard rock and mud. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it,
1: they're just sharp rocks. Yeah, not Nothing like... You know, they're not that... It's not that rough underneath you. It's not like you feel like, you know, I'm from Bendigo and it's rocky as hell. But I guess these rocks are just sharper, you know. You know, it's still relatively smooth, but sharp rocks. And that's why it just felt even worse when you got a flat tire. Cause like, what did I even hit? You just you just cut your tire, and yeah, we just kept passing people, and then fixing a flat, and then getting passed by the same people again, or oh, overtake us. And That was yeah quite hard to take. And as people were just taking the piss on us, just like.
0: Well, I hope you uh, caught up to them and overtook them eventually yeah. as well.
1: Oh yeah, well, of course. Uh, but then yeah, we we're catching people with catching people with flat tires <laughs> as well, and. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, got to the first feed and that was 127 kilometers in. Um, And yeah, your your bike was, you know, I couldn't get into my little ring because of the whole ring. You couldn't see my little ring. I was running two by at the front because it was full of mud. Uh, Yeah, like you could barely see the clearance. The tire had kind of, the wheels had made a clearance for the frame and, you know, rear stay and, and the fork, like, you know, just gradually worn through. But otherwise, the bike was just covered in mud. And uh, unfortunately, fortunately had support by BNC Global. They helped spray my bike down at the feed zone and uh, while well Mon gave me all my nutrition. And yeah, and then from there, I picked up, I think I picked up four CO2s, another two tubes. Uh, and I, I was crossing my fingers and toes, hoping that was it. But then, yeah, and then we really cr- got cracking again. Probably did another 100K, you know, close to the... 200 kilometre mark and we were me and Matt Bird we were flying like we were catching 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 because um, I know after the first checkpoint we were 90th and then Matt Bird ended up working his way to 41st I think um, yeah catching 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 and then Fantastic. we ended up picking up a lot of the elite women's field as well I think we ended up dragging around a lot of the ladies like further up the bunch because they were sitting on us um yeah, and I think we just sailed in for a long day there and kind of, you know, we weren't going crazy hard, but we are just doing even turns, you know, thinking long-term about the race. And
0: Well, well that's it, isn't it? Because it's a 352-kilometer race, isn't it? Oh, and yeah. So you still, at this point, got another 150 kilometers to go uh, after countless mechanicals. Your bike's clogged up with mud. Yep. And uh, just what a roller coaster of a of emotions and riding through what sounds like a battle zone as well with people left right and center dealing with the same things yeah yeah that's it and yeah
1: you look down your garment and you've you know you've done 165k and you're halfway through and you know you haven't even averaged 30 kilometers an hour it's uh it's pretty grim and it's hot like it was super hot and muggy um yeah so it's just it's like nothing else and yeah, certainly a, a day where you had to kind of just switch the brain off and just ride uh, and just eat.
0: Eating so much food out there. I was just about to ask that yeah. like with you know, with, with all the chaos happening for yourself and around you, like, did you fall off your nutrition plan at all with all the distractions with tubes and gas canisters or did you manage to sort of keep on top of that and, and avoid any bonks?
1: Uh, I think I kept on top of it. Uh, later on, I probably got off it a little bit when it – yeah, towards my later flat tires. Uh, and I was also pouring with rain and it maybe got off a little bit. But otherwise, I actually felt like I never bonked with energy. I never never got any dizzy spells, never really felt particularly weak at all. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, you know, I was eating probably 120 cars per hour. So, I was consuming a lot and yeah, didn't have any stomach upset at all. Um, I did get a ham sandwich on my last... Last feed, which was delicious, ham and cheese sandwich, just something savoury, and some pretzels, uh, which is great for the taste buds. But yeah, otherwise nutrition was fine. You know, it's imagine what it's amazing what you can eat in twelve hours, how much sugar and uh, uh, gels and things you can eat in eat in twelve hours.
0: Well, after a point there, there's a, there's a point there, isn't there, where you get sick of gels and you actually need some real food. And when oh, you've been yeah. out there for 12 hours, 45 minutes, and 44 seconds, I think you, your mind was probably craving something different as much as your body was. Yeah,
1: Yeah. That's it. And I was kind of going between you know, a, a solid bar, some chews, and then gels as well. Just trying to keep a high variety. Yeah. Um, those gels were the staple. Always having a gel, but then
0: make sure I was eating some solids in between. So last uh, aid station through to the finish line. Just tell us all about that. Like were you running on a bit of a high after? You know, you're still in the fight. You're still out there <laughs> after countless mechanicals and all the, everything thrown against you. What was that final run to the finish line feeling like for you?
1: Uh, yeah, like I think definitely like we're getting in a bit of a zone coming to like you know 200 kilometer mark, 100k to go, and it was it was you know it was happening. We're coming back into the race. But then I got another rear flat, Uh, changed that. And I fell out of like, we were literally about 30 seconds away from catching a bunch of 10. And yeah, just for bridging across, I got the flat tire. And that was like, that was my sixth flat tire, I think, by then. I changed the tube. Uh, I still had my, clay run inserts? I still had my tire liner on me as well like just wrapped around my neck like neck and shoulders uh yeah changed that and then but then it just went to this flat open roads and it was so hot and arid and i was just by myself like you couldn't see anyone for for miles um so then I just switched to getting to the next feed zone and and then i was out i was out of co2s I used my four co2s I used my two tubes i got at the um the feed zone earlier so i was just riding so tentatively on the downhills um and then, yeah, just before getting to the last feed, it poured down rain like crazy, like hurricane wind, rain. You couldn't see 20 meters in front of you. Like the rain was like burning your skin, like just insane. Wow. And then, yeah, finally it's that last feed and it felt so good to get to. But, it, but I went from being so hot to just shivering, like absolutely shivering. Um, and then the BMC guys ended up changing my tire. They had some heavier tubes in they put in. Yeah. Um, did that at the pits and then yeah that's so when i got my some more savory food and i thought from there it's only 60 kilometers to go and i'm like you beauty let's go home like this is it just get me the hell home um but then like five kilometers let's get it done yeah five kilometers later i'm back walking through mud carrying my bike through through the grass and i'm in a creek trying to wash water out my the wash mud that's clogged up my wheels because i can't turn my bike it was literally just the rain just wrecked the next fire road and there's just hundreds of people could be caught along like the 100-milers, the people that do the shorter oh. category. And like you just look up and there's this horizon yep. of people walking their bikes and just bikes are upside down. People are trying to get mud out of their gears. chain like cranksets aren't spinning. It's just chaos, absolute chaos. Uh,
0: wow. Yeah. It's a bike wasteland and amongst the mud. Yeah. And
1: then got through that and then... With about 40K to go, I was losing gears as those weren't shifting. I just, you know, I could get one or two gears up and down the cassette and then all of a sudden just got stuck in the 11-tooth down the bottom. My front derailleur wasn't working. I still had charged my DO2. I think the motor and the has possibly just got that full of mud. Um, I couldn't get out of the biggest gear I had in my bike. And as I rode the last 40K, just grinding away, mainly out of the saddle, just... Yeah, just chipping oh, away. Wow. Yeah,
0: no, no cramping with, with like that. Like the body held up okay.
1: No, no, I had one cramp. And that's a uh, uh, that's a funny. St- yeah, bit of a funny story. I, my shoe, like my, you know, and yeah, when you had brand new socks on, but it somehow worn through the sock, and yeah, you know, it cuts off like your big toe circulation. We got that one hole. Anyway, yeah, yeah like yeah, one hole, and it's really annoying me. And like this, is, I don't know. After halfway mark, I'm going down this hill and it's super hot. So I'm like, oh, I was going to take my shoe off, you know, leave it on the, leave it on the cleat and just adjust the sock. So I'm rolling down this hill in a bunch at the back of it and I adjust the sock, you <laughs> beauty. But then pulling my foot up to adjust the sock, got a, a bad hamstring cramp. And then when I oh, come no. out of the cramp, I kicked my shoe off the cleat, my shoe went tumbling down the hill. So, I had to stop, run back, grab my shoe and then to put my shoe in, I kept cramping and then put the shoe in and then I spent the next half an hour chasing onto the bunch.
0: Like, that's just how my day was. It was an absolute test take, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you had absolutely – well, that said, like, mate, in the elite – well, the men's 200-mile field that you're in – Yeah. 116 of you, you know, you came 61st, but yeah. I could only find 86 of that 116 that finished the full yeah. course. So, like, to oh, finish yeah. this race, by yeah. saying, and with everything that you just described, with all the carnage and chaos going around, like that's a massive achievement. Would you say this is probably like one of the toughest things you've ever done on the bike? Yeah, certainly. It's one of the yeah most messed up race I've probably ever done. I think. Uh,
1: but yeah, there was no way I was going to pull out because. You know, past lifetime Grand Prix series, best of five results count. You know, if I have two races with mechanicals, I'm out of the series. Like, my points don't count. And I knew people were going to have mechanicals. Um, You know, worst case scenario, I kept my tyre
0: liner on me. I was going to get to that finish line, yeah. Going, what were the, um, like, being your first big race, you know, unbound gravel, lifetime Grand Prix series, it was probably a few nerves or well, what was how did we feeling like even before the race like lining up on that start line the the vibe the atmosphere you're in america everything's mm. big the races are big well, how, how what was that like do you think that sort of played a factor and just sort of or were you pretty calm and collected i to be honest i was pretty calm and collected being so unknown i didn't have
1: being so unknown and being so busy leading into the race i didn't have time to be nervous yeah it was just hectic from Racing marathon champs in Australia the week before to the flying, just little bits and bobs you got to do during the week during before the race, and I got to the line. I wasn't, yeah, wasn't particularly nervous at all. And being such a long race, you got uh, got plenty of time to be nervous in the race. Like it's, I didn't try not to overthink about it and try not to think about it too much because it's it's too too long of a of an event to overthink it just make sure i had a, i guess a good plan going in but yeah like you said it was this everything was just on steroids like and in, in comparison to australia it kind of felt like a mountain bike world cup you know all the expos are there all the big brands are there I'd, I'd say it was probably even bigger than that like you know in terms of having an expo show you know the entry was in the town museum and the line for entry was you know hundreds of meters long and just people everywhere um yeah, it's just on another level over there. And to think of the amount of people that come to this small town of Emporia in the middle of Kansas, which is it's this endless farm, basically this endless farm, it's country. All you see is green paddock for you know, thousands of kilometers as you come into Kansas. Yep. And you know, 4,000 people come, come to do a gravel race there. It's, it's pretty wild. The only win I had on the day yesterday was about five kilometers from the line uh, I was in like a bunch of like three, and this is when I had you know no gears. I was in the biggest biggest gear. I was just sitting on the back, just trying to mash it out, kind of thing. And this guy goes whizzing past quite quickly. And I was talking to this guy. And he's like, I would already been talking about i in the like yeah lifetime Grand Prix I'm here for five months. Yada yada yada. And the guy goes past, and you know, he looks pretty quick. And I was like, I said to the guy next to me, said, Do you reckon that guy's in the Grand Prix? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, ah, shit, I'm going to go steal steal one point from him. So, uh, yeah, I think my biggest gear, there's one climb with probably a kilometre to go. And I wound him in, sat on him coming to the bottom of the climb, and then I zigzagged up the hill because it's so steep, kind of just made it up. And then coming down oh, off the hill, he's no. probably like 200 metres in front of me, coming down off the hill, I just wound up the gear as fast as I could, and I sprinted this in the big ring. And just beat him on the line. And he, he had no idea that I was in the Grand Prix, American oh, nice. or anything, but I still got that one point for
0: him. Uh, we'll take that, mate. We'll take that. Yeah. That's, that's funny. It, oh, there's a the little wins. So, what's next now? I've got three weeks in Colorado,
1: in Boulder. Um, I'm looking after uh, well, well, trusted house sitters. We've got a house there we're going to live at. we to look after a cat named Egg Roll for three weeks. Yeah. Um, Yes, the website we can host. You can, people go away on holidays, things like that. You can look after their home. So, we're doing that. Yeah. And to the next race is Tusher
0: and the Crusher um, in Beaver, Utah, in, in four weeks' time. Fantastic. And you're going to have plenty of time to work on your vlogs, right? Yes. Yeah, that's correct.
1: I've uh, got plenty of videos. Got to put them all together now. Yeah. It's got uh, hot content coming. Oh, mate. There.
0: Well, you're, uh, your first edition. Your first mm. one was pretty good. I'm pretty stoked no, to have really? made the cut. Yeah. Um, glad I could uh, contribute to it. Yeah. Uh, I, <sighs> I don't know you, I if you like. Uh, well, maybe I don't. Maybe someone. <laughs> uh, we, Peter and I had a good chuckle over that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that, that was awesome, mate. I enjoyed watching it, and just that sort. Just get it out there and just show us the adventure that you're on. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't care who watches it. I'll, I'll look back on it one day when I'm old, anyway. Oh, that's it. You just yeah. got to do it for
0: yourself, mate. Yeah, be um, cool. And and it just, it just soaked it all up. Mm. Yeah, we got Have, some
1: good. Um, I said we got some good footage of uh, Monwar a GoPro on a chest for the feed zones, like a, a chest strap GoPro. So we've oh, got all nice. the feed zone action. Yes. So
0: yeah, I'm going to put some of that stuff out. Uh, it's definitely pretty hectic in the feed zone. Can, yeah, well, can you just talk about that? Like, is there like you had the BMC support? You know, mm. there's, I saw some specialised fans on on uh, on the, the socials. Like. The, mm. I saw power water water blasters. Oh, yeah. I saw all sorts of stuff going on. Like it sounds like it's like a, its own city in its own right.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's ridiculous. And you have your own like there's three zones in the feed zone, and you have you're allocated like a pit area. Um, but yeah, basically all the top pro guys would have three four people waiting for them. You know, two would go work on the bike, and that's pressure wash, lube chain, check psi, and they're doing this really quickly. And then two are just you know. Changing hydration packs, removing rubbish out of pockets, and then refueling, clean glasses, putting new glasses on, whatever they need. Um, and they've practiced like some of those guys were so fast. Some of them didn't even swing the leg over the bike, they just never even got off it. They slew the chain and kept going. Um, I know apparently the, some of the lead guys didn't even stop for the last feed, which is, which is pretty wild. Just collected, uh, you know, through their bottles and collected them on the go. Uh, it's just another level,
0: uh, yeah. And the so factory support some I mean, of these guys have. How did Mon enjoy it? Did she thrive <laughs> in that environment? Or did she just love it?
1: Uh, yes, but she said this is the last 330-kilometer uh, race I should do because it's a lot of waiting around. Um, I kind of laughed and agreed. But uh, yeah, I she enjoyed it. I mean, we we're just joking about how she in the car, like with the BMC. She was with a South African, a guy from Switzerland, and an Australian, all in a car that never really met each other before but all jumped in a car and did all the feed you know, and spent the next 12 hours together. And, yeah, she loved it. Got to know everyone and, yeah, just a unique experience. Oh, absolutely. So you become people. good
0: friends at the end of something like that. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, yeah, stayed at the BMC house for the weekend and, yeah, met so many um, so many people it's uh yeah great way to meet people doing this kind of these kind of
0: races and I'm, I'm assuming you're going to see a few familiar faces at the next round as well and you'll have some you'll make some good friends over it, from all around the world really yeah yeah that's which will because you're a good bloke yeah, <laughs> yeah that's gonna be great um how do you compare that to the cardigan mate uh uncomparable the cardigans are so good <laughs> oh what? Uh, I well, think you, you say the cardigans are so easy <laughs> right so you now cardigan's tough so, the cardigan is so much easier it's shorter I used to ride faster oh, okay, okay. Back
1: I didn't get seven flats at the cardigan so the cardigan is much better
0: <laughs> we need <used> to, <laughs> to throw some mud, more mud on the course to slow it down to make it harder yeah yeah you don't need to make the cardigan any more hectic I've done the most hectic race and that was too much. <laughs> I'll let you go, mate, and let yeah. you get back to your evening no, by the lake you. in Kansas. It all sounds oh, yeah. very peaceful. Yeah, yeah, Thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your recovery to have a quick chat. Uh, yeah. It was too good an opportunity to get an inside recap of some of the carnage that I saw on the socials. And uh, if anyone's listening, make sure you go and give has tasman a good follow on his social media check yeah. out his vlog yeah like check subscribe comment help the algorithm that's it yeah and uh we'll really catch up with you down the track anyway mate. yeah no sounds brilliant look forward to it thanks for your time thank you tasman and the birds of kansas for joining us in that little conversation hope you enjoyed it as much as i did make sure you go and give him a follow on his youtube channel to keep up to date with his adventures in america two and a half weeks to go hope you're all trained up Make sure you get a ticket to Friday night's fundraiser with Richie Port and Beard McBeardy, as well as your dinner spots reserved at the Dorset for Saturday. We'll see you very soon.